Hey folks, welcome to the North Beecham 3 podcast, our latest installment. A couple announcements for the podcast. We are now officially on iTunes, whether that's good or bad. It, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> that is up to you whether that's a good or a bad thing. But we are officially on iTunes and we have moved the podcast home to anchor.fm. Uh, it's cheaper, free. And they give us more space. So we're going to let SoundCloud go down in a ball of flames because I hear they're going bankrupt. And we're going to move over there. So more places to check out our crappy podcast. I love it. So this week, we're going to talk about uh, a bunch of crap. The boys are with me. And uh, we're going to try not Good to... Good evening. We're try not to insult oh. We should do it like the old uh, Johnny Carson. Hey, McMahon. How you doing, Ed? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Karnak. We should do a Karnak bit. Everybody else has. Although Man, I that's what put. Yeah. can't see the envelope, so I guess it doesn't really it's been work. running to the ground. All right, so this week, uh, the happenings. We've had a, a couple celebrity deaths here, gentlemen. Um, a couple? A couple. So usually they come in threes, but we're actually up to four. That means there's two more. So we're going to go six? Well, yeah, three. We, we should it's speculate. a hell of a possibility. Well, here, let me, let me run down the list so everybody's caught up. Uh, we lost... F. Lee Ermey of Apocalypse Now fame. We lost. And Saving Silverman. And Saving And then he had that cool show and, on the History Channel. And uh, he was he was pretty badass in the uh, one of those Texas Chainsaw Massacre remakes, That's too. That's right. That's right. Or wait, was it a Rob yes, Zombie Yes, he movie? was. No. Yes, it, was. it wasn't it the Rob Zombie Chainsaw one? No, he didn't do a Chainsaw one. Well, his movies were like ripoffs of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but uh, he had nothing to do with the actual no, Texas no. Chainsaw Massacre. They were homages, sir. Homage. Whatever. Exactly. <laughs> hey, real quick. The dude's name is Arlie Ermey. That was F. It's R? Thanks. Yeah. F. Pre- Lee is Bailey. Appreciate it. Uh, Sorry, I was watching a stock market. He took you to school on uh Ooh, naming. you got me. Ooh. This is my rifle. This is my gun. I know. Mm. Uh, just, just phenomenal dude from what I've read and seen and heard on different shows. And I mean, that's, that's iconic film scenes from that movie with... Um, Vincent D'Onofrio, and what's the guy with the glasses? I can't remember his damn name. Matthew Modine. Matthew Modine, thank you. And uh, what's his name? The Baldwin that wasn't related to the other Baldwins, who was uh, Linderman and my bodyguard. Oh, God. Oh, yes. wow. wow. What's that, that dude's name, Jumbo? Can't tell you. Oh, we're back to that. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we'll get back to that. We can change our names each podcast, I feel like. But we'll work on that because we, <laughs> we gotta agree to the rule. And I really can't rules. remember the guy's name. Well, we had Jumbo. It was Baldwin. It was like uh, something Baldwin. I Give me a second. Thomas Baldwin. I forget. I, I don't know. I, I just remember Robert Duvall had the best line in the movie. So. Yeah, well, Anthony's a big fan of that uh, that line. A, I, oh, yeah? I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Adam. Adam Baldwin. There it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah he was, was a waiting. monster in that movie. <laughs> oh, I was like was Linderman all. What's that? He was a good dude. He was you a good guys... dude? Not really. Linderman, where are you? No, not in Linder, not Linderman. I'm talking about in Full Metal Jacket. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, awesome, got to have on your side, but he was scary. I said Apocalypse Now. See? Yeah. yeah oh yeah, did. Robert Duvall. <laughs> I'm getting my movies mixed up. Full Metal yeah, Jacket is one thing. In Apocalypse Now, Robert Duvall was on the beach, and they come over with the Hueys. And he yeah. goes, "I love the smell of napalm in the morning." Right. Mm-hmm. Charlie don't surf. He's not afraid to surf right. this beach. Mm-hmm. Right. You see that, Lance? They broke both ways. Mm-hmm. Come on, where are you going? Where are you going? I'm not afraid to surf this fucking beach. I'll surf it. All right, so we lost Arlie. 
Uh, we also lost Barbara Bush. Uh, Hold up. Bush in Kazakhstan we laugh when we hear the name because of Bush I mean the hair around uh, the testes such a and uh, Barbara we say in Kazakhstan mean to eat so it is like Barbara Bush is to eat the hair from the testes it's good I just thought um yeah. fail really yeah it, it, bad timing it was long long and bad timing yeah. Did not it did not relate to the conversation? What are you talking oh, about? It was Barbara, Barbara Bush. Bush. He was yeah. explaining what Barbara Bush means in, mm-hmm. in Kazakhstan. That's the thing I'll remember her for. <laughs> I take it back. It, it relates not well. It got you there. Relates. All right. So we lost Barbara Bush, and then the two big ones for us personally. We lost the OG of professional wrestling, the first world champion, as far as I'm concerned, from Pennsylvania, Bruno San Martino. We're having a moment of silence. Okay. Rest easy, Bruno. I saw him. I saw him live one time. The first time I ever went to a match. It was at uh, the Spectrum. And it was him and his son. Remember his son, David San Martino, was a wrestler for a short time? Yes. And like he, it was the two of them versus, ah, who did they fight against? It was like, I think Johnny Valiant. Who was Johnny Valiant the manager of back there, back oh, then? I forget, man. Or who, was the bad, who was the bad guy that San Martino came out of retirement to fight? Because that's what it was. It was. Was it somebody from his time period? No, a newer villain. No, it was you know somebody that was like in their prime, basically. I think. I dude, I forget. But he was. All right, basically, well, keep going. Talk about. I'll, I'll figure it out. He was the first star of the WWF before it went to WWF, and Vincent K. McMahon was running it, not the Vincent J. that you're all familiar with. Uh, he was the first real star of professional wrestling before YouTube and, and all the social media and everything. Um, he kind of set the table for Hulk Hogan, in my opinion. And basically, you know, maybe it wasn't San Martino, I don't know. Yeah. I think, uh, I think superstar Billy Graham was the one that laid the absolute blueprint for uh, Hulk Hogan. Well, superstar Billy Graham's still living. So sure. save his eulogy for when he passes. <laughs> but see, the only major difference is that San Martino was always a face. He was like the hero guy. Whereas with Superstar Billy Graham, I'll give it to you that he set the precedent for any kind of villain in wrestling. But San Martino was the ultimate face. He was, you know, one of the first guys to be kind of nationwide, whereas wrestling was very territorial in the early days. San Martino kind of helped lay the groundwork so that Vincent Jr. could do what he did and make the WWF uh, – a national thing rather than a regional but you know just just set the bar back when people thought wrestling was real he was a legitimate badass uh, i believe he was a state champion wrestler i'm not 100 percent sure of that we don't fact check um and just just a big loss for the wrestling world and a guy who i know when we first started watching wrestling his name was thrown about a lot so that, that was the living loss. legend the living legend not living anymore not living anymore but I think the one that touched at least me and Bron, at least me and I forget your code name, Jesus. I, I don't know. Manwich. Me and Manwich was uh, <laughs> Harry Anderson, who from Night Court fame. Yep. And I think he did a lot of guest spots on Carson back in the day. He's pretty much a stand-up comedian. But, but yeah, I definitely remember him from Cheers a lot too. Well, he actually, I was looking it up today. He played Harry the Hat on Cheers right. as con man, but he was actually only on the show three times. Hmm. 
It was season one, season six, and season eleven. If you can, believe they're all that. like memorable though. There's, there's the one you were talking about, and there was the one where uh, Coach lost his money to some card sharks, and so they got Harry to go in, and then Sam thought that they double crossed him, and yeah. <laughs> hilarity ensued. You know, he kept. I remember he pulled the trick on Cliff about how he could drink the shot, even though it was under his hat. Right. And he went under the bar and made all the slurping sounds, and then said it was done. And Cliff pulled the hat up, and of course Harry drank it. He bet him a dime he could do it. So then Cliff bet him a dime he could repeat it. And uh, boom, he drank the shot and goes, you win, Cliff, and gave him a dime. <laughs> yeah. but the best one I watched today was, uh, was season 11. It was uh, Bar Wars when he convinced Gary from Old Town Tavern to bulldoze this whole bar. Wait, was uh, it, which Bar Wars was it, though? They had like four or five of those, didn't they? Gary's Old Town Tavern. Uh, they were all Gary's. Gary's old town, but there were episodes called like Bar Wars One and Bar Wars uh, Two. I think it was Bar Wars Five. Okay, uh, I forget the name. Like, there's a name to it too, but I forget. It was just great. He was so good in that show. Yeah, the Gary's Old Town Tavern ones were good in general. But yeah, I'm surprised that that uh, he was only on there three times because you know he was always pretty memorable when he was on there. Well, I think Night Court got picked up right as Cheers started. So okay. obviously he didn't have time to <laughs> do both shows, but just uh, I mean night court right on you know the the magician court or judge just a, just just a great show man he was uh, he was so good on that so that one that one was kind of reminded me of the shows I watched when I was growing up especially Cheers and and Night Court so that one sucked and then we were uh, we were saving it for the podcast folks as we're gonna speculate. What the next two celebrity deaths are going to be. Hey, wait. First, I figured out uh, through the help of YouTube, uh, it was Bruno San Martino and his son, David, against Brutus the Barber. Wow. And uh, Luscious Johnny Valiant. Luscious Johnny Valiant. There you so, go. So, yeah, I guess kind of because, you know, Brutus was in his prime, but David was supposed to be in his prime, and then Valiant was a manager at that point. Wow. I don't remember much about the match, honestly. I remember. I remember there was a Piper Snooker match was what I really remembered. <laughs> I, I just hey, here's one before thing. Before Brutus turned into Hulk Hogan's sidekick, how he was a bad guy. Yeah. I do remember that. I'll tell you what, I'm reading. San Martino set a world record on the bench press with 565 pounds. That is disgusting. What year? No, no, 1959. Wow. No wrist wraps, no elbow things. When he bought the bar down, he didn't bounce it off his chest. He sat it there for two seconds and then pushed it back up. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Back in the day before wrestling became what it was, you know, people really thought that was legit. There was no question like there was back in the 90s and 80s. Wow. So these guys had to be, I think, a little bit legitimate badass. And I think San Martino was the epitome of that. Like, he could really whoop a dude in the back of a bar or in the ring. It didn't really matter to him. And, you know, you hear those stories about how those guys would, with new guys coming in, they would legit beat them up in the ring. I'll tell you what, that dude had a tough early life from what I'm reading. Well, he was, it was Steel Town. I don't know if it was Bethlehem yeah. or where he grew up, but he. Uh, Pittsburgh. Oh, that's what I'm saying. No, wait, wait, wait. Our research department. Yeah, he went, job. yeah. University of Pittsburgh. So around Pittsburgh. Okay, you were right. So, but but a tough upbringing nonetheless. Sure. You're right. Yeah. But man, yeah. He, he had seven brothers and sisters. Four of them died during a war, and his family hid from the Germans in a mountain. 
Jesus. Before, yeah, before he came to America. Wow. And he spoke no English, and he was sickly, and he got picked on. So then he started weightlifting and wrestling. <laughs> well, I, I'm getting revenge. Yeah, then he started yeah. to kill everybody. Whooping some <laughs> ass. It was, it was OG world star before cameras. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> he was whooping some dudes' asses on street corners in Pittsburgh. Remember mm-hmm. me? <laughs> Uh, so oh, I yeah, know you. We, I you know, Bruno was Bruno's Bruno man, living legend. He just he epitomized everything about early wrestling, and hmm. I hope like kids have gone back and learned about Ric Flair. I hope that people would go back and and figure out what San Martino was all about. So we'll see. Hmm. Uh, the other, world would be a news, better place. In, in other wrestling news, I forgot about this in our pre-show meeting. But did you guys see that John Cena and Nikki Bella broke up? Oh, yeah. She couldn't see him. Oh. <laughs> I know that was bad. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end it right there because I don't, I don't think we can do it any worse. Um, I, I have a bad feeling that this is some kind of angle for their e-show. You think so? Everything else is. So let's yeah. predict who we think is going to go next. We'll kind of start our own little death pool here. And I, I, I know. I don't think call. I even want a part in this. I'm just going to observe. Oh, now, <laughs> now he wants out. Now we've crossed the line. This is the thing that did him in, folks. It's go ahead. it's hard. It's hard. Who? All right, go ahead. Start. Let's see. Oh. Hear what you got. Come on, we going shoot, wrestlers shoot. or everybody? Everybody. Let's let's open it up. That is so big of a playing field. Well, who who's left from the Golden Girls? Is anybody left? Uh, probably not. Yeah. Uh, what's the, the is, Betty White's still around? Yeah, Betty White's still kicking. All right, see, now that's I, – I, I might take a shot at Betty White. If that happens, man, everybody's coming to get you. How dare know, you? know, right? You know what? Brian might be right. Oh, shit. Manwich might be right. Mm-hmm. So you gotta get that he knows who Manwich is. Jesus Christ. What that's are we going to do now? Yeah, I'm going to have to edit it. I'm going to have to go oh. underground. No, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, maybe maybe we should avoid this one. God forbid it backfire. Like everything else yeah. in our lives. Serious. Well, it's not like we don't have a track record. Let's move on to a better subject for us Eagles fans and Bills fans and anyone who's not a Cowboys fan. Uh, the Cowboys decide to move on from their enigmatic wide receiver, Des Bryant. He was due $16 million this year, and I think the Cowboys are going to save $8 million on their cap. Where they use it, who cares? It'll be a bad decision. But no So you're Des telling Bryant. me they would have paid $16 million. To a guy that would have got hurt and sat there for how many games this year? Uh, not a, that's not what he'll tell you. I know that's not what he'll tell you, but what he shows us is I'm hurt. I can't play. <laughs> then if you don't get the ball, I can't be a team player. Then, you know, somebody's always interfering, this, that, and the other. It's just, yeah, he's a baby. He's not good enough to be the diva he is. Not at all. Well, that's why they paid not Alan Hearns a bunch of money. Well, they'll be taking a guy in the draft, I'm sure, too. There's there's quite a few wide receivers that are supposed to be good this year. Although, wide receivers largely over the last couple of years have been a ton of busts. Well, that's why what mm-hmm. the Eagles did is even more, not surprising, but you know the, the averages say that shouldn't have worked out the way it did. Jeffrey uh, was yeah. everything they wanted him to be this year. Yeah, I think he overachieved. Well, he got paid for it. And then I think and you know what? Be they, they, they gave him a one-year prove-it deal, and he proved it, and they still yeah. didn't. They didn't. He didn't break the bank. I mean, right? What do you yeah. get paid a year? Uh, like fourteen million or something like 14 that. Fourteen or fifteen? I think it was a four-year or three-year forty million dollar deal, something like that, with maybe fifteen 
signing. Yeah, that's not that's not crazy. But here's the crazy thing: I think they're going to be better this year. I think Mike Wallace is an upgrade over Torrey Smith, and you know, kind of a I, wash. I think you got to see what Aguilar if he continues his progression, and Matt Collins showed some promise. So they, I mean, it's tough to and and Carson Wentz being back. I mean, different yeah. thing. No, I, I mean, I, I thought I thought the Eagles were the only team that could hang with the Patriots until Carson Wentz went down, and when he went down, I'm like, this is over. You know, you you saw the Patriots and Belichick. They live by the sword, they die by the sword. This is. You know, now, guys, the cracks are starting to show. Gronkowski talking about retirement. Amendola goes to Miami, and he's saying how, you know, it's no fun in New England. And, you know, it wears thin. You know, maybe Lane Johnson, he made that comment a while ago about how he'd rather have fun playing, and everybody ripped him for it. But now the cracks are starting to show that he wasn't exactly wrong. And then the Malcolm well, Butler, the Malcolm know. Butler thing in the Super Bowl, I'll never understand. Supposedly, I mean, the closest thing I heard to an explanation was just that he was bad at practice and that week, and he was just you know totally not focused, and they just didn't feel comfortable I heard he, putting him in. I heard he missed curfew too. Yeah, but they haven't been able to substantiate the weed rumor, the missing curfew thing. I mean, yeah. when a guy plays ninety nine percent of your snaps, the week yeah. two weeks before that in the championship game, it's kind of hard to justify. Not playing him at all. Or, I'm sorry. He no, played, like, it, two is, it is definitely snaps. bizarre. It's definitely, it definitely bizarre. You know, another coach kind of did that little guy in the Super Bowl. Dicka. What, when he handed the ball to the refrigerator, you mean? And he did, and Walter Payton didn't get anything. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he gave him his touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Ridiculous. they tried to say Payton was a, was going to be a decoy, but I mean, they, would they win that game? 52 10? Like, he could have, you know. I think he ended yeah. up getting a touchdown late, but still. I, I don't that. think so. Hey, by the way, how did he do without Buddy Ryan as his defensive coordinator? He traded all yeah. his draft picks for a running back that smoked too much weed when it was, it was like still a legal. Laughing stock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then went on a Sports Illustrated cover dressed in, or in a dress. In a bride's yeah. dress, yeah. He didn't sure did. Too well. <laughs> I'll always love Buddy Ryan, but man, he did not give a rat's ass about offense. No, he actually almost hated it. Yeah. <laughs> If if he could have put his defense out there to maybe run the ball or something, he probably would have. If you didn't, if you threw the ball too much, you might get punched in the mouth on the sideline. You know. I don't even I, look. Mm-hmm. I honestly think he handed Randall the ball and went go draw some plays up in the grass. Seriously though, Mark, don't you remember that thing with Kevin Gilbride when he punched him in the mouth? Yeah, it was a bad Houston Oilers. It was a bad overhand right, but he should have concentrated a little bit more. He would have got a more direct shot. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't as powerful. I mean, I think he had more heart than punching power at that point. But <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I would think so. I think his mind told him what his body couldn't do. Mm-hmm. But you yes, still got I, it. You still got it. Maybe that's not. That's true. But um, we'll have to see with the Patriots. It's getting interesting now. You I think know. they're definitely taking a tight end. There's like a you know a handful of tight ends that are considered like first or second round picks. I think so. They need. They need don't. some help at wide receiver, man. Edelman is an inju- is injury prone. Amendola is gone. Uh, Cooks is traded. I understand we all love Chris Hogan, and he'll do fine, but they, they still need some depth there at wide receiver. Uh, don't forget about their newest Rutgers alum. Who now? <laughs> Belichick loves his Rutgers guys. I'm well aware. I'll give you a hint. He played for the Browns. He played for the Rams. He was drafted by the Titans. What does he do? He's a wideout from Rutgers. It plays for the Patriots now. Oh, Kenny okay. Britt. Yeah. Yep. I'd be lucky to Jeez. see. Jeez. I'll tell you what. I don't. I don't think the the 49ers need much help at wideout at all. If you look at all their championship years, I mean, except for you take out the one year with uh, Moss, 
or was it two? But they made their living with, you know, guys you can't remember their names. No, and I understand that. But there was a couple guys who, like Malcolm Mitchell, caught a few touchdowns the end of one season. He's been – I haven't heard nothing out of him. And like I said, Edelman's an injury risk. You had Amendola to pick up the slack last year. But if Edelman gets hurt again, you know, all you have is Chris Hogan? Really? And don't give me Kenny oh. Britt. I'm not even going to entertain that. <laughs> I don't know. All I'm saying is Belichick likes his records, guys. Well, we'll we'll see what kind of magic he has left because he's going to have to do a hell of a job coaching up the guys he's got now to make a difference this year. I was surprised. I mean, they brought him in. They brought Britt in in the first place, like midway through last season, I think. And I was surprised. You know, it was just like for an end-of-the-year deal or whatever. And uh, so I was kind of surprised that they actually signed him to a contract after that. Well, we'll so, have to, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. see. You know. I don't, I, you know, I don't. I'm like not Eagles. recommending drafting the guy in fantasy, but I still think that the <laughs> Patriots have enough guys who can catch the ball that Brady will distribute it around. I mean, they definitely got to replace Gronk, though. They got to definitely draft a guy and yeah. hope because you know Gronk, if he finishes this year, I don't think he's coming back next year. Yeah, we'll see. You know, Kenny Britt will catch two touchdowns the first week, and everybody will jump up and grab him off of waivers. He won't do anything the rest of the year. Yeah. We'll see. I, you know, I love the moves the Eagles made, but it's it's really hard to repeat in this league. So you know, the fan in me wants them to become a dynasty, but the realist is just not sure. And the Rams, while I don't think it's going to work due to the personalities, uh, they definitely have the talent. And you know, we got to see what happens. Other than that, I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to improve the Vikings all that much. And I don't see anybody else. You like that? But how much do the Vikings <laughs> need to improve? No, I do not. Nope. <laughs> How much do the Vikings need to improve, though? Not really. It depends. I mean, they shouldn't have beat the Saints. Let's look back at it. The Saints had them beat, you yeah. know, ex- except for a miracle. Vikings get Dalvin Cook back. He looked pretty good when he played this year. That'll help because Latavius Murray is not, not a great running back. Um, they actually, uh, he showed the ability for the first time in like five years to run block, too. Well, they have a great so offensive I think- line, man, so – but they didn't. They haven't for such a long time. That's like a really recent – that's like a development this past season, really. Right. They made a few signings, and, and they gelled, absolutely. But I just don't think Kirk Cousins is that much of an upgrade over Case Keenum. And I think Thielen's still going to get his catches, and Stefan Diggs is going to continue to be an enigma. I don't think he'll have the same stats. I think it'll be more hit or miss, you know, long touchdowns, but weeks where he does jack shit. Um, and I just don't – I don't think they're going to – be there the saints are still dangerous they'll always be dangerous and now their yeah. defense is a little bit improved and you saw how far they went so if they make any kind of improvement on the defensive side of the ball they're only going to get better but, saints have had one of the last season had one of the best drafts and that i can even remember yeah i mean kamar changed the entire landscape of, of their offense so mm-hmm. he, he was the offensive player of the year and wasn't Lattimore the defensive player of the year or right. defensive rookie he was rookie rookie yeah they got that. Uh, what was it? Which what was the left tackle that they got? Ryan Ramchick, I think. But they're they're always dangerous. They they just find a way to be dangerous. Now they got a running game. It's a whole different kind of dangerous. Kamara was a freaking third round pick. I mean, it's listen. If you had Kamara or Ingram last year, you got really nice stats, and they're both on the same damn team. So that you know they're they're dangerous. Drew Brees is always dangerous. Um, other than that, in the NFC. Nobody really jumps out. So you got the Eagles, the Rams, the Vikings, and the Saints. And that's all that's all I see being threats to to do damage next year. And like I said, I think the Rams have a bunch of questions. They really do. 
There's a lot of a lot of head think cases they have that in many that questions. There's a lot of head cases in that locker room. Wade yeah, Phillips but they're on the takes, defensive side of the ball with Wade Phillips. That that negates a lot of it. But you know, you you got to make it work, and the NFL has a way of catching up if you don't evolve. So I worry about the Rams' offense being as good as it was, and I also worry about the Eagles. And that the NFL's got plenty of tape now. So we'll see. And Carson, I don't know about week one. No. Not to mention it's going to take him a good year until he's fully healed from that thing. He can play, but he's not going to be the same. So I don't well, know you're going to see in those one crazy regard, plays. Hopefully he shouldn't be the same because that's going to get him hurt again. Those you know, crazy he's taken plays, off running. And... I don't know if you're going to see as many of them early in the year. But again, shouldn't. They made the move they made a bunch of moves that make them just as good, if not better. So they've done what they can from a personnel standpoint, and Howie Roseman does not get enough credit for what he's been able to accomplish with the uh, complete pile of shit he was handed after Chip Kelly left. And how quick he did it. Yeah. All right, let me just go back to the uh, Rams for one second. So I I think this whole character issue thing is overblown because they're all on the defense. And so these players like these guys, what gets them pissed off? Mm -hmm. Wait. Well, usually if the team's playing badly, but they're not going to be. Like Their defense is going to be on fire with all those guys and with Wade Phillips, I think. And so I think those guys would be enjoying eating up opposing offenses too much to get too upset about anything else. You tell the fire yeah, department cool we're trying to record a podcast. Yeah, God we're having it. a fire sale here, folks. <laughs> Listen, it's, I think that's the only question with the Rams. Other than that, they've assembled the best group of talent probably in the league right now. The defense is scary on paper. Yeah, on, on paper. paper, it's scary. On Aaron paper. Donald, you can't, you can't double team Aaron Donald now unless you want to leave so one on one. Right. You know. Yeah. They got can't do that. Talib's going to be out there. Their quarterbacks, somebody their corners else's are team. ridiculous. They are. They got Talib and they got Marcus Peters too. Yeah. Plus they got. Uh, I think Tremaine Johnson's still there. They were talking about the Tremaine. thing I like about Talib too. Like you got to like the fact that he will snatch somebody's chain. Twice. Well, that's the only thing that sucks. Crabtree's in Baltimore now. And they're not playing this year. They made him quit. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't quit. Crabtree. Crab <laughs> don't you ever, West Coast. Don't you ever talk about me. Who? Crabtree. That's what happens when you put me on a sorry-ass receiver <laughs> like Crabtree. Exactly. But that's crazy. I'm so anybody... interested to see how Richard Sherman does this year with the 49ers. I think the 40 we kind of touched on this before. I think Andre and I are both in the camp that the 49ers are a team that's quickly on. You were thinking you don't think so, Mark. Did I say that? I, I may take that back. I think. <laughs> you better. Oh, listen to this guy. <laughs> I think it's going back to it's going back to mid to late 80s of the Rams and the 49ers battling it out every year. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Hey, Jumbo, knock off your Stephen A. Smith. I'm allowed to change my mind. Basically, How dare you? Don't I, reference I, me with that, man. With your pontificating on your way to the Sixers to trust the process. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not Frank yeah, Caliendo. Um, yeah. The 49ers have done a good job ascending uh, without blowing a bunch of capital. I mean, they stole Garoppolo. Let's just That's honest. crazy. They I stole. think that guy is a top five quarterback. That guy is a monster. He immediately made that team better. Mm-hmm. Immediately. I, I think John Lynch has got some kind of back-end deal with Belichick. He's got to pay him something because there's no way. I mean, that was a steal. When the 49ers hired him to be their GM, I was like, get the hell out of here. Come on. <laughs> What's this guy going to do? Well, doing pretty damn well. Yeah, he's doing all right. <laughs> I bet you they're starting to hear whispers in Denver like, wait, we hired Elway instead of that guy? Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, Elway has whiffed big time 
on a lot of his moves with quarterbacks wow. and running. Well, you back. Saying, two Super Bowls and they won one, so that buys you some time. Yeah. So yeah. what are you saying? He should have never got rid of Tebow? You're right. <laughs> yeah, but then you never get your Super Bowl because you don't sign Peyton. This is true. But back to the 49ers, Lynch is doing a great job. I think Kyle Shanahan is one of those up-and-coming coaches, absolutely. And they, sure. got a, they got a decent core. I mean, they just re-signed Marcus Goodwin. We'll see if he's for real or if those 100-yard games were a product of being down. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they, they became an instant team with Garoppolo. And the funny thing was they were winning them in close games with defense, 15-13, 17-14. Mm-hmm. Now, they right. just lost Foster. He's gone. I'm not officially, but he got arrested again for, I think, domestic violence. So he's about done. Yeah, well, he was – so that guy, that's kind of a sad, sad tale. But, uh, you know, just an unfulfilled promise. Well, tale talent. to tell. Let's hear the tale. Well, they had – Well, just that he was like out. he was like the number three or four overrated ranked player in the draft. And then, uh, you know, yeah, all these questions popped up about him, you know. Being a madman. Pretty much. And uh, so he fell. I mean, I think the 49ers got him, what, at the end of the first round or something? Yep, yep. But then he was he was really good when we played last year. But <laughs> well, they you also know, have you hear a... the story. I mean, what he did is he dragged a, the girl that had a restraining order against him. He dragged her down the stairs by her hair and punched her in the face eight to ten times. They said, mm. "Damn, he was pissed. that's a lot of punching, dude." Well, they lost. I don't know why you got to drag her down the steps. Like, what's wrong? When's the last time you had to punch somebody ten times? <laughs> Fifth <Yeah>. grade. <laughs> I think it was Tekken. <laughs> Tekken was the last time I had to punch somebody ten times. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they lost uh, Chris Borland. The linebacker retired after one year. He was he showed huh. a lot of promise too. Had he had concussions or what? I don't think he had any yet, but he was worried about getting them and the long term effects, so he just he called it a day. Now he's like hmm. a big advocate for marijuana for players and things. So okay. uh, good for him. About his true passion. Yeah. Real quick, now that I'm thinking about it. What do you guys think of the Kaepernick thing? Where he's supposed to go trial for Seattle, and because he wouldn't agree not to kneel for the national anthem, they canceled the workout. I mean, it's <sighs> bullshit. But I mean, if you think about, it, I, I think it's wrong. But at the same time, it's it like is, the reality of it is the owners own the league; they're the ones who yeah. make the money. And so, if you're bringing in a guy who's going to cause people, I think they really did actually. Even though I argued with people on Facebook against it, uh-huh. but I, I think they did take a financial hit from that kind of stuff. I think there are more people who are like, screw this. I'm not going to support this team anymore uh, than the people who are like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to start watching football now because I like that these guys are kneeling for the national anthem. Here's the deal. People don't give a shit, and they don't talk with their wallet for stuff like that. Uh, My thing is apparently he wants to play again. You're running out of time. So if you want to get back on the field, you got to play ball. A little bit, just well, at the end. Of exactly. The day, like your point's been way. made. He should have yeah, yeah, exactly. figured out a different way to do that. A better Better's way. There. You get your money. You get to yeah. play football, and so now do commercials yeah. on the side. And you could figure out another way. Alone. Yeah. Well, you, can you know, the law, I don't totally, I mean, the law backs up the owners. Granted, it's not right because it's the their law. Is the yeah, law. they can do yeah, whatever they want. It doesn't matter. So look, you're going to do that, and you're not going to play again. So yeah. guess what? This might be the last chance you get. So if you didn't want to play anymore, whatever. Apparently you want to. I think he's so more you gotta interested. You got to do what you got to do to play. He's more interested in his collusion case against the NFL than he is in playing. Because, granted, everybody's saying how this helps his collusion case. I don't think it does. Because here's no, what I think happened. It's very hard to prove collusion. I don't think there's emails. I don't think there's right. text messages. 
These guys are old school. They meet in the back rooms with a bottle of bourbon and talk it out. There's nothing on paper that's going to prove. And I believe wholeheartedly, I believe wholeheartedly the league colluded against them. I believe they that hundred percent. Yeah, sure. it's that's obviously true. Like, there's no yeah. disputing it at this point. But they at the were end all of the day, somewhere in the beginning, and was like, "Yo, this don't work out, right? Yeah, it but, don't work out." And that's all he ever had to say. If you here's another your... funny thing, though, if you think about it. Wait, sorry, one second, Mark. So, like, you know, who was who was worse in the NFL, Kaepernick or Manziel? Manziel. Absolutely. Well, Cap- yeah, but you hear Manziel. about how Manziel has like an offer to play in Canada for I forget which team. I like, mm-hmm. come to this every time and don't know who which team it is, but. You never heard anything about Kaepernick being offered a chance to play in Canada or even pursuing it. I mean, does he even no. want to play that much? He was offered a contract, uh, I think, with Toronto back when this uh, all first went down. Kaepernick was really? Yeah. Oh, he's okay. staying in shape. It's like yeah, but guys, think about him, like you know, Manziel's going to Canada if he can't get an NFL job. You know, so he Kaepernick wants to play. Is, exactly, well, I, and it's just a, like you said, like you want to protest, fine. I mean. So and again, it, it. It, seems, it seems crazy to me because, again, of how I argue with people about this, about how it was his right to kneel. But it's like you got yeah. your story across, and now you, you that's the start, and now you go do it somewhere else, and you get to keep your job. And every time you do something like, like any kind of protest, you have to change up. You have to change up to keep it fresh, keep it relevant, keep it moving. All right, now I'm going to do it in a different way. What if he just said, how about I just come out after the national anthem? Yeah, but guys, if you go uh, into your job, and you start kneeling or protesting or wearing yeah. shirts or anything, you're getting fired. There's no question. You're not getting on ESPN. You're not getting on Fox News. You're fired. Nah, but it's not it's the same different. thing because if your work is bringing you out in a field every morning to stand for the national anthem and you kneel, you might not get fired for it if you work in that kind of uh, – yeah. But like in an office building, yeah. Like if you're in an office or on the job site or whatever, you know. And, yeah. and the bottom line probably is – be frowned is, upon. He would have had a chance if he switched it up. But there are other guys in the league, okay? Malcolm Jenkins is finding other ways to bring light uh-huh. to the subject. You know, and, and there's other guys in the league who protest the same thing and feel the same way. They're finding other ways to try to bring light to this subject. So I agree with that if you really want to play, you can find a way to play. But it's you can't take this stance of you're so strong on it that you can't agree not to kneel for the national anthem. You know, it's it's become comical now. Like you're right. not get your. It's not about what you're protesting anymore. It's about you. At that point, you should have switched up. But no, you Agreed. kept it about you, and that's what I got a yeah. problem with. He keeps it about Colin Kaepernick, yeah. not about police brutality or any of the mm. other things that he was he was rallying against. So, it, the whole narrative of the thing has changed, and 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 he hasn't changed with it at all. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he hasn't. But. It is what it is. He can do more. He, he, I don't know. He's earning money again. He can do good again. He could figure out something. Well, but, but moving on. Here's where we are. Yeah, it's where just. We are. It's going to continue to be a story, and it sucks, but it will. And I agree, it with Brian. Because he's running out of time. It has affected the league in a negative way. There's no doubt in my mind. They lost some kind of money from it. How much? I don't. Yeah. Care. But no. there are there are enough people who live in the backwoods. Who stick by these these effed up core principles that mm. said, well, you know what, screw that. I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm not supporting that. That's the flag, and and they took it the wrong way. I mean, from the get go, yeah. people didn't understand what was going on. They assumed it was a yeah. attack on America when it wasn't, yeah. and it was an attack on the national anthem, which it wasn't. You know, yeah, it's just yeah, the way people wanted to interpret it, it got the way they presented it. That's it's all. gotten so twisted. 
and so away yep. from the original. So far intent, away from it. Yes. It's done. Right. It's it's comical. And the league without you know didn't know what to do. Now here's the other thing. Eric Reed, the safety from the 49ers, is now getting blackballed. Yeah, he's also being shunned. Now how he, come? He kneeled too. And he oh, was really? very vocal about what he was kneeling for. And now he can't yeah. get a job. He's a free agent. So Yeah. You know, the league is sending a very clear message, whether they have proof of it or not, that we're not we're not gonna stand for this when you heard our bottom line. Period. Even with the kneel proof. for it. We're not even, gonna kneel for it either. Even with the proof. Ain't nothing gonna happen. Nobody is no, bigger than the league. Jerry Jones learned league. that the hard way. Yeah. He, he was one of them. He got smacked down. Uh, he's one of them, and they told him, shut up. You're crazy. You're old. Just be quiet. <laughs> hey, how about – did you guys follow the Richie Incognito story where he started saying he wanted to come back and then uh, – No. Follow any of this? The well, last... so first he tweeted that he retired. First, earlier in the season – or earlier in the offseason, he tweeted that he was firing his uh, agent. Which, you know, I'm going to point out, like, if not for our president, it wouldn't be, you know, considered acceptable to just fire people by a tweet. But he did that, and then he basically retired by a tweet. Then he wrote back, like, the following Friday, you know, oh, just kidding, see you guys on Monday. That was I'm back, baby. OTAs the other day. And then after that, he tweeted something about, you know, he wants the Bills to release him from his contract and, uh, and contact, you know, and he left a link for his agency, who he had already fired a week before on Twitter. Wait, wait, to contact who, ne- who negotiated his new contract after you fired him? But go ahead. Right. Well, that's about so, it. Is he decided? He, apparently, he got angry later on about his about taking a pay cut, which I can understand. But you know, that's something you should have raised when you were signing the contract. It's not like mm-hmm. you know, he's not accusing yeah. anybody of tricking him or anything like that. He's just having buyer's remorse. So he said he was going to retire, but then he didn't realize that when you retire, you have to pay back that signing bonus. You know, basically, he's forfeiting all his money. So he's like, so ah, now, I'm just kidding. So now, well, he did that, but then he was saying, uh, I think he's he's pretty much enraged with the Bills front office over this whole thing. And, like, you know, he seems like a dude who's just unhinged and is blaming the Bills for whatever is happening right now. But his latest was he wanted them to just release him, you know, meaning just mm-hmm. cut him and then he gets to keep all of his money. Well, why and would they like, do that? Exactly. And they were, they were like, no, uh, he retired. Yeah, you gave them an out. You're telling me a corporation is going to go, we're going to do right by you. What's wrong with you? Especially after you're a pain in the ass. Yeah, you're being a pain in the ass. But yeah, I was reading some of his Twitter the other night. It was pretty bad. It was like, uh, what's his name bad? You know what I'm talking about, Andre. Oh, really? Jumbo. (laughs) It's just (laughs) batshit crazy. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) B. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know... He could definitely – he's probably got a few concussions too many too, Richie. And yeah, Kobe, definitely. So. It's not like he ain't been a well, problem I'm for a long sure time. I'm pretty sure he was a pretty heavy drinker too. But and yeah, obviously a loose cannon. The thing you got to mention about Richie Incognito is the thing he took all that heat for back in the day with, with Jonathan Martin and the bullying and all mm-hmm. that. And then Martin comes out, I don't know, a few months ago or whatever, and then basically threatens, talks about school shooting and going somewhere with a gun and all yeah, that. So maybe, yeah. maybe – he I wasn't think Jonathan as bad Martin as everybody was, made it out to a, be. Well, He's, I think Jonathan Martin was a special kind of fragile yeah. mentally. And it's like, you know, this big guy that, that could be bullied by these other dudes. And, and Serious. Uh, like, why would you let that happen? You you guys are all grown He's got to have something. Wait a minute. But I think he came from, like, a really good family and shit and went to, like, you know, he was, like, a rich kid. And so I don't know what the hell happened. But That means he wasn't used to it. Ain't nobody ever bothered him. I guess it's just maybe some kind it. of a mental thing. He but. couldn't, yeah, he couldn't handle like old school, just dickhead bullying. 
But I mean, it, it was pretty telling that like most of uh, apparently the coaches and the other players all loved Incognito. He was pretty well liked on every team he played on, I think. Uh, Except for maybe the was it the Rams he got kicked off or the, the yeah I think it was the Rams he got kicked off for getting too many penalties. He was getting like suspended all the time for just cheap shots and whatnot. Guy's mm-hmm. totally a loose cannon. Well, that's but why Rex Ryan of, loved of a him. Blocker, though. Rex Ryan loved him for that stuff. Yeah, I bet he did. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, we'll have to see how that plays out. If he's if he's trying to backtrack now, I he probably had a rough night of drinking or something. Because I think that ship has sailed. It- it's a shame he didn't just say all that stuff on April Fool's. And they can be like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do. That's that's the key for now. And if you're ever going to make any big life decisions, like, you know, yeah. busting up with your girl or quitting your job, do it on April 1st by, like, a text message or, or whatever. And then mm-hmm. just you buy yourself, like, another 24 hours to think it over. Yeah. You can absolutely hey, you buy your way out of that one. <laughs> right. Let it drink what are you up. talking about? It was April Fool's. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No, <laughs> it happens. Well... We got a good 45 minutes in the can here, boys. So I think we should wrap yeah. up there. Uh, you better drink up. Drink up. Why? Just as well, a yeah, side I'm be able to drink for a while. The Flyers are done for all three of you hockey fans. They lost again <laughs> and got blown out, and it's over. Bust up your mouth. <laughs> the Sixers oh, are tied up 1-1. We'll see, if, we'll see if the process makes a comeback. And the surprising oh. NBA score, just because it's a Philly connection in – Drew Holiday is going off for the New Orleans Stop it. Holidays. They are up 2-0 on Portland, and that is an upset right now with Boogie how, Cousins being out. How long ago was Drew Holiday? I don't know. Who did they get? Who did they get for him? I can't remember. Um, Hello? Uh, it was a bad trade, but we were all mad. Well, I remember being pissed off. Yeah. Yeah, he was the one good thing. Yeah. And now he's he's showing it. <laughs> yeah. Now, we keep always in mind, do his wife, earlier in the season, he missed the beginning of the season because his wife had to have surgery to have a, a tumor removed from her brain. So this guy's showing Jesus. up. I always like Drew Holiday, but I just want to mention yeah. that. that they, yeah. It's awesome that the Pelicans are beating up on the Trailblazers. So not that anybody cares, but it's, you know, it's NBA 2K type whooping. <laughs> All right, huh. we'll wrap it up. And, folks, thanks for listening. And, uh, hey, we'll catch you next time. Peace. I'm out. <laughs>